So I first want to like start out saying that sometimes like the era I want to talk about is probably the most difficult era I've had to go through so far. It was only in the span of three months. And I know it's kind of weird to say so far, but I'm only 19. So there's probably more difficult to come. But due to this era, I'm more ready to take that head on. Um, keep in mind, I'm going to talk about a very sensitive topic. I have permission from the person who is involved. Um, they're okay with me talking about this. Um, so let me give you some details about myself. Um, I was, so this era happens in high school, but it happens specifically in my senior year. My freshman and sophomore year, I was living my best life. I got starting varsity as freshman, and I never like didn't start a game and that was like my dream. Um, I had a great relationship with everybody. I had a great relationship with my parents and most importantly, I had an amazing relationship with God and I was thriving. I didn't have to worry about anything and then senior year hit and everything just went downhill from there. Two girls on my basketball team on, in the first week of school um, were hit by a car barely survived, and as captain, it was my job to drive people to the hospital, which was three hours away and back, so they could see them, and for some of those girls, I was the only emotional support system they had. Being 17 at the time, I didn't have any emotional support system of my own, so I had no way to process this emotion, and while I did pray to God about it a lot, I felt like he wasn't answering me the way I wanted him to. Um, a lot of the girls in my school, even with just simple problems, came to me as a support system. And while I'm so happy that they saw me as a support system, it did bear down on me a lot. And it made my heart heavy because I didn't know what to do. A lot of things happened my senior year. Um, Two of my friends were in a car crash and were killed on impact. Um, one of my peers committed suicide. Two of my great-grandparents died, and my cousin died in a motorcycle accident. I attended about 11 funerals that year, and it took a huge toll on me because one of my biggest fears is seeing people suffer and not being able to do anything about it. Um, I prayed to God. I asked him. I started feeling lost, I started feeling hopeless, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't help anybody, and it felt terrible. Um, it started getting better when I got my first boyfriend. Um, I started attending church youth rallies again, social events, I started feeling happy again, my heart started to lighten, and then a week before prom, my first boyfriend comes up to me, and he explains to me that he was cheating on me and didn't want to be in a relationship anymore. I decided I was going to go to prom in spite of him. Um, <laughs> and I went with another girl whose boyfriend had cheated on her. Um, big mistake, I cried all prom night. <laughs> and the night of prom, I got screenshots from one of my friends about a group chat where my entire group that I had hung out with for eight years were all talking behind my back saying how I was annoying, stupid academically, and just all around they didn't like me. 
Um, so there I was, uh, my support system, which had been my boyfriend, was gone. My friends were gone. I felt alone. Um, and I felt like I couldn't go to my parents about it because, like, sometimes high school's awkward and you don't want to go to your parents about certain stuff. Um, I went to Alaska for my cousin's graduation about two days after that. And I couldn't really enjoy it because my heart literally felt like it was broken. And I felt like I had nowhere to go. But I didn't know how bad it was going to get until the night I got home. And I had um, walked into a situation where a family member of mine um, had taken a lot of pills and was overdosing. <laughs> and if I hadn't been there, the doctor said that he would have died. Um, it was a lot on me emotionally. My parents had to rush him to the hospital. And that night, I was completely alone. I didn't have anybody, no friends to go to. And the only person I could think of to go to um, was God. And instead of going to him like I usually did and ask him for comfort, I, <laughs> I hate to admit this, but I basically had a mental breakdown on God. I started screaming at him, tearing my room apart. Why are you letting this happen? Why are you doing this to me? And why are you giving me no way of handling this? And why are you making it to where I can't help these people in any way, shape, or form? I feel hopeless, and you are not helping me right now. And I regret to say that I said this to him, but I screamed at him, I hate you. And this had gone on for two hours. And then I just sat on the floor and cried. And I felt truly and utterly alone in my relationships and basically felt like I had nobody. Um, eventually, I was able to fall asleep that night. Um, the past two months after that, I kind of just lived through life as a blur, didn't give God a second thought because I felt like he didn't give a second thought about me. Um, and I was just like, just get to college. It'll be great. You'll just get to college, start a new life. You'll be fine. You'll be good. You'll be great. I was wrong. <laughs> I was not great. The sport I had once loved and used as an outlet felt like it wasn't helping me anymore. I couldn't get away from my problems through it. I once again had more fake friends. This time I knew it, but it was, it's still hard to know. And I was almost no contact with my parents. I became a bitter, selfish, and hateful person. And I just, I wasn't living a good life. And then one Thanksgiving break, I ran into a lady cleaning one of the laundromats in the dorms. And she just asked me a couple questions. And I was sitting there, I was like, why does this lady care what I'm doing? Why does she care about who I am? Why is she listening to me so genuinely? Like, why does she care? And at the time, I was like, just so like hateful and zoned out that I like, <laughs> I just didn't give it a second thought. After that, I went home for Thanksgiving, but I didn't really talk to my parents. And then I came back and I just kept living how I was. And then it got to the point where I was missing classes. Um, I was missing classes because I had a lot of sleep problems. I couldn't sleep at night. I had such like terrible dreams where if I woke up, I literally could not move because I was in a lot of like fear and sadness. And um, 
one of my teachers noticed this. I wasn't coming to class, and it had gotten to the point where he had to talk to me about it because I would be kicked out of that class. And when he asked me, I was like, why does he care? <laughs> it's my money. I'm paying for college. Like, why does he care if I come to class or not? And he was like, there's something going on, and I want to know. <laughs> Dr. Vest um, sat there and listened to me because I felt the urge to open up to him. I felt like I was safe. And when I was talking to Dr. Vest, he offered me advice afterwards, and then he himself took time out of his busy day to walk me over to the edge in the library, and then he walked me over to the campus therapist. He personally took time out of his day, and I realized I had like a moment like, people who have talked to me like twice care about me. But why do they care about me? I have no clue why this guy cares about me, what's happening. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, my parents care about me. We went no contact because that was my decision. If I were to go to them right now, they'd probably be the happiest people in the world. <laughs> uh, Cooper cares about me. Uh, Miss Lynette cares about me. All these people that I had never noticed, I noticed that over like my years in college, they cared about me, and I was just too much in my own world to notice it. I had people asking me every day how I was, and they genuinely cared. I had people that if I had reached out to them, they would have helped me. Um, <laughs> and it's, it was very eye-opening. Like, like Leo from the CAF, he helped me. He made me feel happy every day. He cared about me when I, he genuinely asked me questions and he would genuinely listen. And I just, I ignored it because I was in my own little world and I, I felt hopeless. And I basically just cried after Dr. Best left. I literally just bawled my eyes out and I was like, I can't believe I was selfishly thinking no one cared about me when people were putting their time and energy into me. And then I was thinking about it, and I realized what all these people had in common. I was connected, like, the, what they had in common was they were all godly people. And I noticed something in them that I hadn't noticed before. In one of my classes, one of my Bible classes, we talked about how um, humans were in the image of God. And when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they became a broken image of God. But... I believe that you can even tell what an image is, no matter, like sometimes, no matter how broken it is. And these godly people were putting these pieces of the image of God in themselves back together, and it was shining through. Um, <laughs> and then I realized the God that I thought had abandoned me, the God that I thought didn't care, the God that I thought had left me hopeless and alone and was just doing things because he hated me and I hated him, was working through people to get to me so I could learn um, lessons and become stronger. <laughs> um, every single one of these people would always say that they, they would pray for me, that they would... <laughs> Sorry, I know this probably isn't making a lot of sense, <laughs> but they would pray for me. And looking back on it, in the moments that they had come to me and had talked to me and had cared about me, I saw God. I saw God in every single one of them. And I think that it's a good lesson to learn that God isn't going to come how you want him to. He's not going to be like, 
here, let me move this mountain for you. He's going to be like, I'm going to teach you to move this mountain yourself. And um, I'm going to make you strong enough to move this mountain with me. And I think that it's a valuable lesson to learn that God hasn't forsaken you. He's doing something that will make you a better person. And even though I know that that era of my life is probably not going to be the toughest one I have, that era of my life was essential because now I know that God is there and God is always looking for me. Even when I was screaming at him saying, I hate you, he still stayed with me. He still loved me. And I think that's an important lesson. And I wanted to share it with y'all because I feel like in the moment when you feel like you hate God the most, it's hard to step back and be like, no, he's working for my good because so many bad things are happening. So I wanted to share that with you guys to basically say, no matter how bad it gets, God is going to be working for your good. Sometimes he'll do it through people. Sometimes he'll do it through other means. And I think that's something that everyone should know about. Um, there is a song that's going to play. It's a song that, actually, I think it was a couple days after I had this realization that played, and it really resonated with me, and it is honestly my favorite Christian song. And I think it can probably explain what I went through better than I can. So, um, yeah, if y'all would just like to watch that. (laughs) 